We'd like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR. Yeah, our uh, theme song gets uh, sometimes gets stuck. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those tricky old CDs that uh, I think I'm going to have to uh, uh, redo so that uh, you, won't, you won't get that repeated thing again. But uh, there is another version, which is essentially the same version, so we switched over to, over to that, and, uh, well, <laughs> these things happen. And, of course, uh, this is live radio, and uh, there's uh, normally if you uh, pre-tape something, then you, you can take out those little errors, but uh, live radio is something else, so you're on the edge all the time, which is uh, actually more fun and uh, is more challenging as well. So... This is The Jazz Show, and my name is Gavin Walker. And we have a little bit of uh, sad news uh, in the jazz world. Uh, two prominent musicians that we're going to pay tribute to a little later on in the show. The great harmonica and guitarist Toots Thielmans was 94 years old, passed away today. And uh, early this morning um, at his home in Belgium. And apparently uh, he had a fall and uh, didn't recover from that. But he was 94. He lived a good, long, and healthy life. And he was one of the best-loved musicians in the world. And, of course, he was very famous for um, a couple of things. Uh, not only his great music, of course which encompassed so much, but he was uh, famous for actually playing the theme on Sesame Street. That's him playing the harmonica. He was one of the great virtuosos of the harmonica. He played great guitar as well. But what he did with the harmonica, which was mostly relegated to folk and blues, Toot Steelman's brought the harmonica into the jazz world and made it a very um, legitimate instrument in the jazz world. Uh, he became such a virtuoso on, on the harmonica is that it, it just sounded so melodious, so beautiful, and so deep. Um, Toot Steelman's was truly a musical giant, and he'll be missed. The other passing uh, is the great vibes and marimba player, Bobby Hutcherson. Bobby Hutcherson was, um, we weren't close friends, but we were good friends. And um, we, I'm going to miss uh, meeting with him every once in a while because he always called me my, his Aquarian brother and because we were uh, basically... Um, very close in our birthdays, and we were both born under the sign of Aquarius. He was slightly older than me, though, so I always used to refer to him as my elder. I think he was born six days before I was, so there you go. Bobby Hutcherson's music will be, has covered everything. Bobby played straightforward jazz, uh, he played funky jazz, he played the right to the outer reaches of the avant-garde. And we're going to hear as much of that as possible 
a little later on in the show. So we're going to pay tribute after the jazz feature to Toots Tealmans and Bobby Hutcherson. But our jazz feature tonight is one of the most intense and marvelous recordings by Charles Mingus. The album was called Mingus Presents Mingus, and it is basically that. We're going to hear the voice of Charles Mingus introduce uh, everybody in the band, and there's only four, four musicians in this um, edition of the Jazz Workshop, and we'll hear Mingus introduce the, the compositions that the band is going to play as if they were in a club. It was actually recorded in a studio under optimum studio conditions. But Mingus decided, and the producer decided, that Mingus's voice and announcements would give you that sort of you-are-there feeling. This recording took place after, interestingly enough, um, The year 1960 was a very good year for Charles Mingus, creatively. And he had a long gig at a place in Greenwich Village, a club called The Show Place. And Mingus generally performed with this particular quartet. At times it was expanded to six musicians, seven musicians, But the core quartet remained, and that quartet was Eric Dolphy on all of his instruments, alto saxophone, flute, bass clarinet, Ted Curson on trumpet, Charles Minkus, of course, on bass, and the redoubtable Danny Richmond on drums. Now, other people came in and out of the band, uh, tenor saxophonists uh, Yusef Latif and Booker Irvin, Um, Sometimes there were more trumpet players like Richard Williams. Um, Often there there was a whole bevy of piano players that that played with Mingus, sometimes a night, sometimes two nights, sometimes a week. People like Winton Kelly, um, uh, Bill Evans, uh, all kinds of people came in. Uh, Cy Johnson, um, different people came in and, and played piano. But this... Essential Quartet was the core band. And, of course, their musical uh, adventures were absolutely amazing. Now, what happened was that early October, the Showplace gig came to an abrupt end. Mingus had a fight with the two owners, and I won't go into a whole uh, description of that. But anyway, the gig ended... And Mingus fired the band. He fired Eric Dolphy and he fired Ted Curson. He said he was going to rebuild the jazz workshop somewhere else. And those guys were free to go. And thank you. (laughs) That was basically it. Thank you. You're free to go. You're fired. And um, that's, and, and, but what happened in the interim while there was this quiet period? Mingus got an offer from a brand-new record label called Candid Records to sign a contract, a recording contract, which he did because the, one of his best friends 
was one of the producers for Candid Records, and that was the great writer, critic, author, Nat Hentoff. And Mingus and Hentoff were very tight. So Mingus immediately signed the contract, and preparations were made to do the first recording on October 20th, 1960. Mingus thought, you know, all this great music that had happened in his year-long gig at the showplace was not documented. So he immediately phoned the guys that he fired and said, would you come back and do this, and do this recording? Because we want to capture on records what we were able to accomplish in the club. And, of course, um, Ted Curson and Eric Dolphy said, no, you fired us. That's it. Goodbye. Mingus, of course, was very persuasive. And he begged, pleaded, apologized to the guys for all of the hassles that he put them through and all this kind of stuff. And they agreed to come back and do the record. And that's how this particular recording took place. And because of this, the intensity of the music, the musicians, and I'm, I'm talking about Eric Dolphy and Ted Curzon, knew that this was basically going to be the last time they were, they were going to do this music together. And so they played for their lives. And this is why this is one of the most important and most intense and um, just uh, amazing recordings by Charles Mingus. So that's the, basically the story. Um, another small anecdote, Ted Curson, the trumpet player, and I became good friends. I never got to know uh, Eric Dolphy, but I did get to know later on Ted Curson very well, and we, we did a lot of hanging out together and, and uh, enjoyed each other's company. And, and he told me a lot of very, very funny stories, some of which I can't repeat on the air, but he told me some very funny stories. Mingus, um, and I'll tell you two brief ones. Uh, <laughs> sometimes Mingus would come out, you'd be, you'd be talking. Uh, it happened to me several times, and sometimes you'd be talking about something uh, involving a recording or, or, or something or, or making a slight complaint uh, to somebody in the band, and they'd be listening and appreciating what you were saying. All of a sudden, Mingus would appear out of nowhere. And it would be like, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen here? Is he going to get mad, or is he, is he going to laugh, or is he going to explain the situation for you? Well, anyway, this happened to Ted Curson, <laughs> And he was talking to someone. Uh, Mingus, of course, always called his bands um, the Jazz Workshop, Charles Mingus and the Jazz Workshop. And Ted Curson was talking to somebody in the club, uh, Mingus was, didn't seem to be around or anything, and, and, and Ted said, uh, somebody said, well, how do you like working with Charles Mingus? And, and Ted said in a very loud voice, well, this is, Mingus calls it the jazz workshop. No, no, this is really the jazz sweatshop. Suddenly Mingus appeared, and uh, he wasn't in a good mood, and he, he, he started yelling at, at Ted, and he actually chased him down the street, Ted carrying Ted's a big man, and he was carrying his trumpet. Mingus was chasing, chasing him down, down the street and yelling and screaming at him. And 
Ted told me that he was afraid. Um, um, he, he stayed outside of the club. Never came, he didn't come back for a while. Mingus gave up the chase, and Ted stayed outside and debated whether to go to work that night. And finally, he, took, he screwed up enough courage to go back into the club, and Mingus was all smiles and said, Hey, man, yeah, come on, let's go. We're ready to play, as if nothing had happened. So that's one, one story. The other story was that Mingus paid Ted Curson an extra $10 every night. His job was to keep Eric Dolphy in tune. Eric Dolphy played with such intensity that sometimes uh, his alto saxophone would, would, would go out of tune uh, or his bass clarinet would, would be out of tune or his flute. And... Um, it was Ted Curson's job to to whisper in Eric's ear to to do what he had to do to bring the instrument, whatever instrument he was playing, back in tune, and uh, and to keep him there. <laughs> and he got ten dollars uh, from Mingus uh, every night for doing this. So that's a couple of the stories. Uh, some of the other stories are are a little more bizarre than that, and uh, th- we'll just keep them uh, a secret. We're going to get to the music right away. And as I said, this is Mingus Presents Mingus, as he would have sounded uh, in a club. And um, the people involved in the band, there's only four, um, Ted Curson on trumpet, Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone and bass clarinet, Charles Mingus on bass, and the great Danny Richmond on drums. Mingus introduces all the tunes, um, the first tune is an incredible piece of music based on the blues called Folk Forms Number no. 1. Then we're going to hear the original, what Mingus called the original Fabus Fables, and, and that, that is the, the famous Fables of Fabus, which, of course, was a, a diatribe against racism, and Fabus was the infamous governor of Arkansas um, that... Uh, he was a segregationist governor, and, and uh, uh, Mingus wrote the tune as a diatribe against all forms of racism. But there were words to the tune that they, that uh, Mingus and Danny chanted. Uh, on the original version of this tune uh, for Columbia Records, they weren't allowed to use the words. But on this version, we're going to hear the way it was played every night in a club, and uh, the original fable. Uh, the original Fabus Fables. Then we're going to go take a little break and go to set two and hear Harold Arlen's famous tune, Stormy Weather, which is a feature for Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone. Then we're going to go from there to an amazing piece of music by Charles Mingus. It's sort of a ballad um, in a way and it's sort of a walking ballad, and it's a tune called What Love, and it's really a transformation of a very famous Cole Porter tune called What Is This Thing Called Love, but it's stretched. The boundaries are really stretched on the tune, and there's an amazing conversation, a lit- almost a literal conversation on their instruments between Mingus on bass and Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet, and you, which is, if you've never heard this before, It's quite amazing. 
And then the final tune is, again, one of Mingus's variations on a tune that he always loved, All the Things You Are, which is a standard tune. But Mingus stretches it out and um, takes it to the nth degree and calls it All the Things You Could Be By Now If Sigmund Freud's Wife Was Your Mother, a typical Mingus title. Anyway, this is the album. This is the jazz feature. We're going to sit back and... Uh, I think you'll enjoy this absolutely intense and wonderful music by these four great gentlemen. And here's Charles Mingus to introduce the band and the first tune. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to remind you that we don't applaud here at the showplace or wherever we're working. So restrain your applause, and if you must applaud, wait till the end of the set, and it won't even matter then. The reason is that we are interrupted by your noise. In fact, don't even take any drink or no cash register ringing, etc. I'd like to introduce the musicians in the jazz workshop. Danny Richmond drums, Eric Dolphy, alto saxophone, clarinet, bassoon, oboe, flute. Did I miss anything? Ted Kirsten, trumpet. I'd like to open the set with a composition that's based on a folk song form. Has no title yet, so it'll probably appear on a record someplace titled Something like, uh, what could replace Opus? Like Opus, oh, new series one. Folk series.
Like to um, continue, continue this set with a composition dedicated to the first or second or third All-American heel, Fabus, and it's titled "The Fables of Fabus." Oh Lord, don't let them kill us. Oh Lord, don't let them stab us. Thank you. 
That's ridiculous, Daddy. Why are they so sick and ridiculous, Daddy? Now, ladies and gentlemen, for our second set this evening, we'd like to play a composition that features our alto player, Eric Dolphy, fresh from California, and it's titled...
Thank you again for not applauding, you dig it? Now, we'll go on with what love? One, two, three.
now, ladies and gentlemen, give this warning for all of you tonight. We have a special treat in store for you. It's a composition dedicated to all mothers. And it's titled, All the Things You Could Be By Now, Sigmund Freud's Wife Was Your Mother. Which means, Sigmund Freud's wife was your mother. All the things you could be by now. It means nothing. You got it? Thank you. One. One, two, three. <laughs> Thank you. 
Our jazz feature this evening, the music of the one and only Charles Mingus. And this was a version of Mingus's jazz workshop with Eric Dolphy on alto saxophone and flute, very iconoclastic stylist, the great 
and uh, usually unheralded, sad to say, Ted Curson on trumpet. And it was these recordings that really established Ted Curson as, as a major stylist. And, of course, he went on to a great career, lived to a ripe old age, Ted Curson. And, of course, Charles Mingus, the creator of all this music, and the spokesperson for the band. And, of course, on drums, Mingus's right-hand man, best friend and closest associate, Danny Richmond, the late, great Danny Richmond. This is from an album, and these are the complete recordings of this uh, quartet, called Mingus Presents Mingus. And uh, they originally came out on an independent label, which was uh, produced by the uh, great writer, author, critic, Nat Hantoff. And uh, Nat was a very, very close friend of Charles Mingus, and um, that's why Mingus was very anxious to uh, sign a contract to record for this label. And, uh, of course, these recordings now have gone down in history as some of Charles Mingus's most intense and important recordings. The pieces of music you heard, we heard five pieces. The first one was basically a blues, Don Mingus style, with lots of stops and starts and uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Four guys sounding like a big band. And uh, that was called Folk Forms Number One. Second piece of music, of course, was uh, the very famous Fables of Fabus. Mingus um, retitled it on the album, called it The Original Fabus Fables. The re- and the reason he said that was because this was the first time he was allowed to record the chants and lyrics uh, of that tune that uh, he and Danny shared um, during the playing of the melody and uh, the whole piece of music. And that added to um, the intensity of this uh, great diatribe against uh, racism and um, horrible figures in American history like Orville Faubus, who was the segregationalist governor of Arkansas. The next piece of music was a feature for Eric Dolphy, Eric Dolphy, of course, was from Los Angeles, and Mingus knew Eric from the time he was a little boy, and uh, he really uh, felt so close to Eric, almost as almost like a father and son relationship. And uh, Eric, of course, played off and on with Mingus until his untimely death in 1964, and um, he was featured on the Harold Arlen composition, a very famous tune called Stormy Weather. Then we move to a piece of music which was Mingus's uh, reworking of a Cole Porter tune called What Is This Thing Called Love? And, of course, you could hardly recognize the original melody in there, but um, Mingus retitled it What Love? And that featured an incredible... Um, almost verbal conversation between Mingus and, on bass and Eric Dolphy on bass clarinet. And the final tune was another Mingus variation of a standard taken right to the nth degree, 
Um, it was his variations on the famous Jerome Kern tune, All of Things You Are. And Mingus retitled it, of course, to All of Things You Could Be By Now If Sigmund Freud's Wife Was Your Mother. So that was the final tune. And, of course, a really um, snaky, twisted, uh, incredible version of uh, that piece of music. So we hope you enjoyed Charles Mingus and his very intense, innovative music. It's really hard to believe that all of this was recorded in New York City October 20th, 1960. That's a long time ago when the music still sounds fresh, modern, and challenging. And with that, I'll say that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show. And we'll be right back. 60 movies from 14 countries, 33 feature-length, 27 short films. This August 25th to September 4th. The Vancouver Latin American Film Festival features a mix of Latin American auteur cinema that will have something for all audiences, including international hits, new directors, short film competition, Canada Looks South, indigenous films from BC and beyond, plus more. In addition, this year, the festival presents Activismo, a new category featuring films about activism and current events in Latin America. Tickets are on sale now. Please visit the website, vlaff.org, to learn more. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. All right, we're back, and we are going to pay tribute to a great musician who passed away early this morning. He was born in Belgium. And, of course, he became one of the most uh, famous um, jazz musicians and was really a pioneer in many respects. And I'm talking about Jean Toots Tielmans. Toots Tielmans was uh, a fine, fine guitarist, and he emigrated to the United States in the uh, early uh, 50s. And he was also a virtuoso harmonica player. Now, the harmonica, as we all know, is used in folk music and blues. And for a harmonica to to play a lot of the complexities of jazz music really takes a virtuoso and a totally different uh, way of thinking. And it's not as if the... Uh, a jazz harmonica player can't play the blues, but it entails a lot more and uh, a lot more technique and a lot more practice. And Toots Dielmans was one of the guys that put the harmonica on the map as regards jazz music. He was a beloved figure. He was funny, uh, entertaining, and uh, just loved by everybody, and a wonderful, wonderful musician um, who, of course, played in so many different contexts. Uh, he was a great, uh, he was uh, promoted, recorded with uh, Quincy Jones. Um, he played 
um, with the very famous George Shearing Quintet in the early 50s. And, uh, of course, uh, did all kinds of uh, different um, projects, including the theme for Sesame Street. And that's when you hear that theme and you hear that harmonica on there, that is Toots Tielemans. Uh, Toots, of course, recorded with so many people. He did, his, of course, his own projects, and his, uh, recorded a beautiful album um, with the pianist Bill Evans. And I remember uh, there was um, a concert here. It was promoted by the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. It was part of the jazz festival here um, a few years ago, uh, and it was a duet concert with uh, pianist Kenny Werner and... Uh, and Toots Tielemans. And so I was thinking uh, of going to that with my, with my partner of the time, and she said to me, she said, you know, they're playing at Jazz Alley down in Seattle with a rhythm section, with, with, bass, uh, with bass and drums. Why don't we go down there? Take a few days, and we'll just go down and catch them at Jazz Alley. And I said, yeah, great, perfect idea, because I would prefer to hear uh, Toots and pianist Kenny Werner in a, a context of a band, and that's what we did. And, of course, it was just amazing, um, mesmerizing. I had a chance to joke around a little bit with Toots, and he sat with us and entertained uh, us with... Uh, some really funny stories and, and so on. And I can't remember the bassist and the drummer uh, who they were playing with, but uh, uh, pianist Kenny Werner was absolutely marvelous, of course. Uh, he's one of the geniuses of piano, and Toots loved playing with him. And, of course, he, he just entertained the people, and he was so warm and, and, uh, and friendly and, and just, uh, just so full of life. Toots died this morning after... Um, a fall. He was 94. He was born April 29th, 1922. And so he lived a good, long, and productive life. So I'd like to do a short tribute um, to Toots. This is, um, I'm just going to deal with one album, and it's not a particularly well-known Toots Tielemans album. It should be. Uh, it, it was my introduction to his playing, um, when I got this album when I was a young man. And this album was issued on Riverside Records. It was recorded in 1957 and early 1958. And I was attracted by the title of the album and the fact that it featured the harmonica. And it featured... <laughs> the, the album was called Man Bites Harmonica. And it was produced by the redoubtable Oren Keepnews for Riverside Records. And it put Toots... Uh, he not only plays harmonica on this uh, record date, but he plays guitar as well. So we're, we're going to hear some tracks with both of those instruments. And Orrin Keepnews put him with some pretty heavy jazz guys. And Toots is fitted right in. He's here with Pepper Adams, one of the great voices of the baritone saxophone. Pianist Kenny Drew. Bassist Wilbur Ware, who was a total genius, and Arthur Taylor on drums. Great New York rhythm section. So we're going to hear some tunes from this album, Man Bites Harmonica. We're going to hear 
uh, a great um, old standard tune. As a matter of fact, we're going to hear three in a row uh, to uh, kick things off. We're going to hear a standard tune called East of the Sun that uh, Charlie Parker used to love to play. That's going to kick things off. Then we're going to hear a, a Toots Tillman's original called Fundamental Frequency. And then a great tune by Louis Armstrong's wife, Lillian, that she wrote back in the 1920s. And it's kind of a jazz classic, and it's called Struttin' with some barbecue. And then we're going to feature Toots on guitar on a few tunes. But first of all, these three tunes from this wonderful album called Man Bites Harmonica. So here we begin with East of the Sun.
wow, why that happened, I have no idea. CDs are funny sometimes, and <laughs> this one just stopped right in the middle. We're going to have a, another go and uh, let you hear Toots again, and uh, hopefully it won't stop this time. All right, here we go.
We heard three tunes from this album as a small tribute to the great Toots Tealmans. This is a, a rare album which came out on Riverside Records many years ago, and it was recorded uh, December 30th, 1957 in New York City and featured Toots on harmonica along with the great muscular baritone saxophonist Pepper Adams, Kenny Drew on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And uh, unfortunately, uh, um, I switched uh, CD players. It, was, it came as a bit of a shock right in the middle of uh, the first tune we, we were playing, East of the Sun. So I just uh, I switched players and <laughs> started all over again. So we heard um, two versions, same thing, of uh, Toots's. Uh, harmonica solo and then of course uh, the second version was the complete there were no stops on that one why the cd stopped i have no idea but these things can be uh, very mysterious sometimes they're not exactly fault free so we heard east of the sun was the first tune uh great standard tune that charlie parker put on the jazz map second tune was it excuse me uh, a Toots Thielman's original entitled Fundamental Frequency. And the third tune was written by Lil Armstrong, Louis Armstrong's wife at the time, and called Strutton with Some Barbecue. Now we're going to present Toots playing the guitar. And we're going to hear uh, the same band, but Toots is on guitar here, and it's a Ray Bryant composition, delightful thing called 18th Century Ballroom. And then we're going to hear a blues, a slow blues, written by Toots, entitled Soul Station. And he's featured on both guitar and harmonica on this one. And that'll complete our tr small tribute tonight to the great Toots Tealmans. So here, then, is... 18th century ballroom. Thank you. 
And with that, our tribute to this evening to uh, the great and sadly late Toots Thielmans, the great Belgian musician who passed away this morning at age 94. A great long life. And this is from a, a rare early album by um, Toots that featured his harmonica, of which he was a, a jazz pioneer on that instrument, and his very, very fine guitar work as well. And this album was uh, done for Riverside Records in um, late 1957 and very early 1958, and featured Toots with uh, Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Kenny Drew on piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we heard uh, the second part here, we heard um, a Ray Bryant composition called 18th Century Ballroom, and uh, the Slow Blues, ending our tribute, at least this evening, to the great Toots, and that was written by Toots, and it was entitled Soul Station. And he played both the guitar and the harmonica on that piece. Man Bites Harmonica was the uh, title of the album, and uh, a rare one and a good one, and very representative of um, the talent of Toots. And, of course, he went on to so many, uh, so many great things. Do you remember the movie Midnight Cowboy? Well, he did a lot of the music uh, in that, and his harmonica is featured in that famous uh, movie uh, starring Dustin Hoffman and uh, John Voight. Great movie, a classic. And, of course, uh, Toots went on to uh, do the theme that everyone knows, and that's his playing on that theme of uh, Sesame Street. And, of course, uh, everybody and his dog knows that one. Toots went on to uh, all kinds of, uh, to do all sorts of things, and he was a really, really loved person. And um, he was funny and uh, very kind, and um, even the, the president of, uh, prime minister of Belgium, um, they're going to erect some sort of statue or a real honor of this uh, great musician, Toots Thielmans. Toots often says that, said that, um, you know, he said, I'm a jazz musician, that's what I am. And he said, you know, he said, I, 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 I talk African-American with a Belgian accent. That's how he described himself. And, of course, he was loved by everybody. Toots Steelmans. The next person we're going to pay tribute to, uh, well, we'd just like to tell you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9, broadcasting out here at the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. And uh, we're also on your computer, www.citr.ca. I usually like to uh, mention the um, right now the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society. They have a very, very fine website. And it's a good one. Uh, all the schedule is uh, posted on there, all the events that are coming to uh, their club, which is um, a club that the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society sponsor. And it's choreographed musically by the redoubtable Corey Weeds. And that's Frankie's, Frankie's Jazz Club down on Beatty Street, right opposite BC Place. 
And uh, it's a wonderful uh, club. The food is uh, great. The service is good. The sound is excellent in the club. And, of course, the music is top-notch. And um, all the events and performers that are playing at Frankie's are all listed on the website of the Coastal Jazz and Blues Society, and that's coastaljazz.ca. So definitely check that out, coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, the other fine website to uh, check out, it's got all kinds of information on there, is the website uh, put together by Brian Nation. That is vancouverjazz.com. That's also an excellent website and covers a lot of territory as well. vancouverjazz.com. And uh, my friend Ken Speller. I'll mention Ken. Uh, he is a teacher. Um, if you're interested in learning how to play the flute, saxophone, clarinet, uh, Ken gives private lessons. He comes to your house. He has a, a business called Music at Home, and he will come and teach you how to play those instruments and how to select a good quality instrument, whether you're going to rent or buy or this uh, or lease or whatever. Um, he'll give you excellent advice on that. And, of course, Ken is an expert repairman. Yeah, really, truly a man for all seasons. And uh, he really knows how to take care of uh, all those um, very finicky instruments which need adjusting and tweaking and sometimes a complete overhaul. I'm talking of saxophones, flutes, clarinets. They have a lot of moving parts on them. And just like a car, they need maintenance. And sometimes... Uh, that can cost a lot of money. Now, Ken has his own repair shop in his home, so he doesn't have a huge overhead, and he charges very, very reasonable prices. Ken can be reached at 778-800-1933, 778-800-1933, or if you wa want to uh, use the email then it's a K Speller, K-S-P-E-L-L-E-R underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. K Speller underscore 14 at yahoo.ca. You know that Pat's Pub is a wonderful place for music. They have music every Saturday afternoon, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything from 3 to 7, and they have some of the finest jazz performers there. This um, August has been uh, all piano trios, and there's uh, been some wonderful music played at Pat's Pub. But there is a very special event happening this Friday at Pat's Pub, and that's the reuniting the incredible Veggie Band, the Vancouver Ensemble of Jazz Improvisation, a band that was organized and maintained over the years by the great Hugh Fraser, one of the great treasures of Canadian music. Hugh Fraser, of course, is a composer, arranger, um, trombonist, pianist, and has been a mainstay of the Canadian jazz scene for so many years, and he's internationally recognized. He's suffering these days. He's going through some major, major health problems. And... He won't, uh, because he's undergoing treatment for uh, colorectal cancer, stage 3. Um, Hugh uh, will be in a recovery period, 
and we certainly hope that he makes a miraculous and full recovery. And with Hugh's positive attitude, I'm sure he will. But he's not going to be able to work for quite a while. And this concert, this Friday evening, beginning at 7 o'clock with the Veggie Band, playing all Hugh's compositions and arrangements and so on, the Veggie Band starring, and he is being imported, the great alto saxophonist P.J. Perry, will be the guest artist with the Veggie Band. And, of course, all the usual uh, suspects in the band will be performing. And the concert is a benefit for Hugh Fraser. And um, it really is uh, one of those things that uh, people should attend. And it's going to be at Pat's Pub this Friday evening, beginning at 7 o'clock. So get down there. And um, just remember that your admission, your money, is all going to uh, help out Hugh Fraser with his uh, tremendous costs because he won't be able to perform or work for quite a while while he recovers from this uh, dread disease. All right. We're going to continue with some music. We'd like to have some more time to do this because he's done so much, but we can touch on some of his work. And I'm talking about the late, great Bobby Hutcherson. Bobby Hutcherson was 75 years old when he passed away on August 15th. He died from emphysema, and he had been in in ill health for the last year and a half or so. And uh, uh, unfortunately, that's a... An incurable disease, it can go on and on and on, and uh, Bobby succumbed peacefully, um, fortunately, and uh, passed away. And he has contributed. He contributed so much, and his music is everywhere. Bobby Hutcherson, of course, was the leading voice of the Vibes. He he. Milt Jackson was his idol and Lionel Hampton before Milt. And Bobby took the vibes from learning from Milt Jackson and took it into his own realm and became one of the most distinctive vibes players and one of the most influential. Bobby Hutcherson is, for me, um, a musical genius. And he is capable of playing in any context. Bobby Hutcherson played straightforward jazz. He played um, more edgy kind of uh, jazz music. He um, delved into very um, intelligent um, fusion and uh, um, also Bobby was able to play really with the outer reaches of the avant-garde as well. He was so adaptable and so his his concept was so open to so many approaches, and yet everything was distinctively Bobby Hutcherson. I'm going to play you two tunes which marked his recording debut. Bobby was born in in Pasadena on January 27, 1941, and um, he began playing very, very, very young. As a matter of fact, 
the reason he began playing the vibes was that he was walking down the street past a music store, and of course they had speakers out in front, and they were playing a Milt Jackson record with Miles Davis, a very famous recording. As a matter of fact, it was one of the re- it was the recording that we always feature at Christmas time, the famous Bags Groove session with Miles Davis, Milt Jackson, Thelonious Monk. And Bobby stopped in his tracks. He, he had already had some piano lessons, but he was looking for something else. And he heard the sound of Milt Jackson's vibes. And uh, that was it. That was the beginning. He went in and, and bought the, uh, the record and took it home and, of course, uh, eventually got himself a set of vibes and began to play and study and work and... Next thing you know, he was Bobby Hutcherson. And we're going to hear his very first recording. This, this took place in 1960, and this was issued. These are um, fairly rare recordings. This is Bobby Hutcherson with the Les McCann Trio. Les McCann, the great pianist, had a, had a working trio with Herbie Lewis, um, a, a boyhood friend of Bobby's. Grew up in Pasadena as well. Great bass player. And Ron Jefferson on drums. And that was McCann's um, trio. And we're going to hear the trio with Bobby Hutcherson on, a, on uh, Bobby's very first composition that he wrote, a thing called Oatmeal. And uh, we're going to hear that, and, and, and it's based on the blues. Then we're going to add a wonderful saxophone player who should be better known, Curtis Amy. And he's going to join um, all the people I mentioned. And one of his compositions, which is a minor key blues, my favorite blues form, and it's called One More Ham Hawk, Please. And these are Bobby's very first recordings. So check them out.
Those were Bobby Hutcherson's very first recordings done August 3rd, 1960 in Los Angeles. And Bobby was heard with the Les McCann Trio, with Les McCann, of course, on piano, Herbie Lewis on bass, and Ron Jefferson on drums. And the first tune um, was written by Bobby Hutcherson and featured him with the uh, trio by himself, um, and that tune was called Oatmeal. The second tune was a long, snaky minor blues with tenor saxophonist Curtis Amy added, and that was Amy's composition as well. It was called One More Ham Hawk, Please. And um, that's always been a favorite of mine. I love uh, minor key blues. And, of course, uh, we heard not only Bobby, but uh, the great late Curtis Amy on, on that tune. Both of those tunes, as I said, were recorded um, in Los Angeles, August 3rd, 1960, and they marked Bobby Hutcherson's recording debut. It wasn't long that uh, Bobby uh, left Los Angeles and headed for New York. He was hired by um, Al Gray, Jimmy Forrest band, and uh, they were kind of a mainstream, straight-ahead um, jazz group, and Bobby left with them and um, settled in, in New York City and began to uh, be heard around that time. We'll get back to Bobby Hutcherson in a uh, very few moments. We'd just like to uh, remind you that you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 on your radio dial or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and uh, here's a couple of items for you before we get back to more music. This quarter magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, Discorder lives. Favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. the weather. Well, <laughs> today was a little different, but it did clear up, and uh, it looks as though it's going to be really nice for the rest of the week. Um, clear tonight with a low of 12. Tomorrow is going to be solid sunshine with a low of 12 and highs between 22 and 26. Wednesday, sunny. Thursday, sunny. Friday, sunny. All week, and um, lows between 12 and 14 and highs between 24 and 30. Not bad. 
right up to Friday. Saturday is going to be a mix of sun and cloud with a 30% chance of a shower with a low of 15, high of 23. And Sunday is a mix of sun and cloud again with a low of 14 and a high of 23. So that's uh, pretty well the weather picture for the week. And that's it. Are you interested in indigenous issues? Do you get ticked off with ongoing colonization? Do you have something to say? Or do you want to learn more? We have just the thing. Join UBC's first ever Indigenous Radio Collective at CITR Radio, unceded Musqueam Territories. Our show, Unceded Airwaves, airs every Monday from 11 to 12, and we meet from 12 to 1 to plan our upcoming shows. We're interested in content covering various things from film to literature, current day politics, history, whatever you want to talk about, we're into it. Everyone welcome, Indigenous and non-Indigenous. We're back with Bobby Hutchison, and we're paying tribute to this uh, great musician who left us at age 75, August 15th, 2016. And uh, Bobby was a victim of uh, emphysema. He had been diagnosed with that uh, ailment in 2007, and of course it took its toll and uh, eventually took his life. And as I mentioned before, Bobby actually died very peaceably at his home in Montero in California, just down Highway 1 and uh, south of San Francisco, and he was surrounded by family and, uh, and passed away, actually, with a, I was told, with a smile on his face. And that's the way Bobby Hutchison was. He was an incredibly positive individual. As I mentioned before, he uh, moved to uh, New York City. He, he was part of the um, uh, Al Gray, Jimmy Forrest band, and um, they were a popular um, straight-ahead jazz group. Bobby joined them and uh, moved lock, stock, and barrel to New York City and began to be um, heard and, um, by various musicians. One of his very first albums... As a matter of fact, his very first album issued on Blue Note Records. He was signed to Blue Note, and um, this was the first issued album under his own name, and it's an album called Dialogue. And the real um, brains behind this album was pianist Andrew Hill, and Bobby and Andrew Hill had hooked up quite a bit, and, and um, Andrew wrote a lot of the music for this album, but it was a real uh, showcase for Bobby Hutcherson, and uh, he picked everyone else uh, on the album to, uh, to do this uh, date with. Andrew Hill, of course, is on piano. Richard Davis, one of the great virtuosos, is on bass. Joe Chambers on drums, who became Bobby's favorite drummer of the time. Of course, Bobby on vibes. And Sam Rivers is heard here on... Uh, soprano saxophone, and Freddie Hubbard on trumpet. And this is a piece of music by Andrew Hill, and it's entitled Ghetto Lights. (laughs) ¶¶ 
two pieces of music featuring Bobby Hutcherson in conjunction with iconoclastic pianist Andrew Hill. And uh, the first tune was from Bobby's uh, first album ever issued for Blue Note Records under his own name. The album is called Dialogue, and that featured uh, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Sam Rivers on soprano saxophone, Bobby Hutcherson, of course, on vibes, Andrew Hill on piano, Richard Davis on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And we heard a piece of music written by Andrew Hill called Ghetto Lights. And that's one of the highlights of this, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, highlights of that album, Dialogue. The second piece of music was from Andrew Hill's album called Judgment. And um, that featured Bobby Hutcherson on vibes, Andrew, of course, on piano, Richard Davis on bass once again, and some incredible drumming by Elvin Jones. And uh, that piece of music was called Siete Oco, which means in English, it's uh, Spanish words, uh, means 7-8. And that's the time signature on that. It's 7-8 time. That's pretty tough. Andrew Hill. We're going to move now to the 70s, and this is uh, a band that um, is kind of overlooked in Bobby's history, and one of my favorite bands. I heard this band live a lot, and, and the saxophone player was a very, very close friend of mine. Um, Bobby Hutcherson was a friend of mine, too, but uh, um, Manny Boyd, the, uh, the saxophonist, was a particularly close friend. And um, we're going to hear two pieces of music um, from this band. And this is the band that, uh, a working band that Bobby had um, in the mid-70s. And uh, the music really stands the test of time. Um, it's very appealing, and yet it's very, very musical as well. But it, and yet it has a, a lightness and a lyricism to it, um, and th this band uh, did very well commercially. So we, we hear Bobby Hutcherson on vibes and marimba. Now, marimba is basically the same instrument as vibes, except that the bars on marimba are wooden. Uh, and on vibes, the bars are metal. So you get that ringing sound. And on marimba, you get that kind of wooden sound. And Bobby plays both vibes and marimba on uh, these pieces of music. Manny Boyd is heard on soprano saxophone. George Cables on piano. Uh, James Leary on bass. And the great Eddie Marshall on drums. And Kenny Nash on percussion. We're going to hear two pieces of music. The first piece of music is written by bassist James Leary, and it's called Don't Be Afraid to Fall in Love Again. And that was one that was uh, the group really enjoyed playing. It's got a um, very unique kind of uh, rhythm pattern throughout this. The second tune is one of my very favorite Bobby Hutchison compositions. It's dedicated to the memory of John Coltrane, and it's called Searching the Train. So we're going to hear these two pieces of music. And the we'll first is by James Leary, as I mentioned. It's called Don't Be Afraid to Fall in Love Again.
We heard two tunes from a wonderful album called Waiting, and that featured uh, was Bobby Hutcherson's group that he had in the uh, mid-'70s, and it was mostly, mostly everybody in it was uh, San Francisco-based at the time. Bobby, of course, on vibes and marimba. Manny Boyd on soprano saxophone, Emmanuel Boyd, great player. George Cables on uh, piano. James Leary on bass, Eddie Marshall on drums, and Kenneth Nash on percussion. And we heard two compositions. The first one was written by bassist James Leary, entitled Don't Be Afraid to Fall in Love Again. And the second tune was um, by Bobby Hutchison, dedicated to John Coltrane, the memory of John Coltrane, and that was called Searchin' the Train. And uh, both of those albums, uh, or both of those compositions from this uh, wonderful album, and a period of Bobby Hutcherson's development that uh, is a little bit overlooked. And uh, that was a great band. And that, that band played at uh, Oil Can Harry's um, in the mid-'70s, right here in Vancouver. And uh, it was an amazing uh, few nights down there with, uh, with that group. Bobby Hutcherson, and uh, we're paying uh, a tribute to Bobby, and we're going to play one more piece of music featuring the late, great Bobby Hutcherson, and we'll be doing more tributes. We'll do another tribute to him next week, as well as uh, some more music by Toots Thielmans, two very, very important um, recently departed musicians. This one is from one of Bobby Hutcherson's best-loved albums. It was recorded when he was still in New York. The album is for Blue Note Records, was called Happenings, and it featured Bobby with this incredible quartet, Herbie Hancock on piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And this, to me, is the finest version of Herbie Hancock's great tune, Maiden Voyage. I like this better than even... Hancock's own version. It just, there's something about it that uh, just transcends everything. And um, this is the piece of music that's going to end our show this evening. So check it out Maiden Voyage.
our tribute this evening to two musicians. Um, of course, our jazz feature was Charles Mingus. That was lengthy. And uh, then we heard um, a short tribute to the late, great Toots Thielmans. And uh, we followed that with a tribute to the late, great Bobby Hutcherson. And uh, so it concludes not only our tribute to Bobby Hutcherson, but the jazz show. What we just heard was from um, Bobby's Blue Note album, uh, recorded in 1966, called Happenings. And that featured Bobby on vibes, Herbie Hancock on piano, Bob Cranshaw on bass, and Joe Chambers on drums. And this uh, wonderful version of Herbie Hancock's great composition, Maiden Voyage. That's it. And uh, our jazz feature next week is the first of two featuring tenor saxophonist Stan Getz. And the feature next week is a wonderful recording by, I think, one of the finest groups that Stan ever put together. It was uh, a group that he had in the 1950s, and it featured trombonist or valve trombonist Bob Brookmeyer and some other people in the band. But the interplay between Getz and Brookmeyer is absolutely magical. And Stan's sound at the time was uh, unbelievably beautiful. And um, so we'll be featuring the very last recording that this uh, band did before they broke up forever. And um, it's a great recording, and we're going to a lot of the stuff on it is quite rare as well. So we're going to hear that recording in its complete form next week on the Jazz Feature. So if you like the music of uh, Stan Getz and Bob Brookmeyer and company, come around. We start, of course, at uh, 9 in the evening and carry on until after midnight every Monday right here on CITR. Thanks very much for listening. This has been another edition of The Jazz Show, brought to you by CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we'll be back in seven days' time with some more jazz music. Thanks for being out there. Bye-bye. Do-ba-dee-oo-doo-wee